This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilts Couture, IT instructor at New Course Steel, an instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, a bank's job is to provide customers with financial services that help people better manage their lives. As technology advances, banks are offering different types of services to stay current and attract customers. So today we'll discuss banking technology and the different ways banks utilize it. Plus, we're taking your personal tech questions. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Doing great. Uh, I am uh, super excited because uh, Samsung is uh, redeeming themselves from the Note 7. And they have announced details for the Note 9, and it's a pretty spiffy-looking phone. Oh, wow. Really? So, I mean, is it going to be like an add-on feature to get it to explode, or are you gonna, is this going to come like stock? I mean, is it going to be like the advanced options, you know, special color? To, this is the exploding so, model. I mean, how are we going to go with this course, one? Of course, everybody's got their explosion <laughs> jokes. But um, for Samsung, they have been trying really hard to recover from that uh, – Massive failure, and they have actually uh, made sure that all the phones that they've released since then are doubly inspected by Underwriters Laboratory and uh, somewhere else as well. So they're making doubly sure that that doesn't happen again, which is uh, good to hear. Mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that's just the thing. I mean, I'm going to pick on them all day long because I am Team Apple, but at the same time, you know, it happens to everybody. Uh, There's no such thing as, you know, perfection out there, but... uh, Oh, but it sure is fun to pick on. I can just imagine some of the memes now, Jeremy. Well, let's just remember now that there were some explosive iPhone sevens as well. It was oh. not. Uh, it was not an isolated to Samsung only. In fact, it's an isolated to batteries issue because any battery can catch fire uh, if it's uh, under the right or the wrong, should we say, uh, circumstances as far as temperature and so forth goes. But um, what happened with the original Note Seven? The reason that it was so prone to catch fire was because of our demand for more battery life, uh, smaller form factors. So they were putting a large battery in a casing that just couldn't handle it, and it actually started to uh, short out on itself, which caused it to explode. So I guess that's really bringing you the hottest, latest, and greatest news. (laughs) Speaking of that, you actually went straight in with the hottest tech stories. That was great, Jeremy. But uh, we have a few on this side of town. Yeah. (laughs) Let's say, uh, Wilkes, you have a good um, tech story? Well, you know, we the, these come up on the uh, on the show quite often. We're talking about things like the Amazon Echo and and some of the other um, home assistants that we have out there. And well, unfortunately, kind of bad news for the Echo. Hackers have exposed a pretty big vulnerability in them that's actually allowed them to be turned into a spying little little device. So definitely going to feed into the uh, conspiracy theory aspects of this. But they uh, demonstrated for those of y'all who don't know, there's a an event that goes on 
yearly called DEFCON or Defensive Conference, and that's usually when a lot of vulnerabilities are brought out. Just kind of think of it as a uh, a gathering of some of the some of the smartest hackers in the world, kind of descend and look at ways that our technology is vulnerable. And one they pointed out was the Amazon Echo uh, during their conference this past Sunday. And they were actually able to remove the flash trip from the motherboard, load it with customized spyware inside of it, and then redirect, reattach the uh, the chip. So the really good the good news is for folks out there, this was not done remotely, so that means they had to actually physically modify one, but it just showed that it could be done. Um, so on the bright side, if nobody's getting into your house, grabbing your Echo, and uh, you know taking a soldering iron to it, you're probably safe from this bug, but. But still pretty interesting and just lets you know just what technology can be pushed to. You know, it's it's funny because, you know, the term hacker, uh, before it was uh, disseminated by the media, meant somebody who takes things apart, changes the way it works, and then put it back together. So they are at least using that. They, they really are hackers. And exactly. uh, it does require physically interacting with it as hacking most devices these do, uh, do these days. So uh, even like your Nest, People have talked about hacking in the past. You have to physically access it in order to do it. So it's really no different than if somebody had access to your computer or your phone. Um, they can make any device do that. So pretty much business as usual. Yep. And, you know, one thing I did want to point out, something that, um, you know, to make sure that we put the right the right light on this, this is not something that was, was done and kind of put out there for, less than legitimate use. Uh, one thing that comes out of these kind of conferences as well is this this issue was actually reported to Amazon, uh, let them know that it was possible, and they have actually already patched the vulnerability. Um, so so that to me is you know just one of those defining things. You do have people out there that can really push technology to its limits, um, but the right way, the ethical way, usually they're notifying the companies, the Microsofts and the Amazons and the Apples of the world to say, hey, we found this vulnerability because, see, here's the thing. They've only got so many developers in-house in any of these companies, even these large companies. But we've got millions and millions of people across the world. So somebody pushing it and then doing the right thing and saying, hey, you know, I found this problem. You might want to fix it and helping them out. It really does kind of show that uh, don't just think if you heard the word hacker that it's just a negative connotation. There actually can be some positive to it as well. So I just want to say, in addition to that, I'm going to go ahead and predict the future for DEF CON 2019. Uh, they're going to do the same thing with the next one, and Amazon's going to fix it again. That's a pretty good uh, – I, I would not bet any money on that with you there, Jeremy, because I think you're going to be correct, and there will probably be a Google Home thrown in there. Oh yeah, God. exactly. Well, you know, you guys are talking about uh, the next big thing. Guess what I have? found this story. This is crazy. Are you ready for this? Uh, bring it on. We might need a drum roll, Java. <laughs> Sony's charging nearly, eight, I'm just going to round it up, $8,000 for a music player with a gold-plated volume knob. Gold-plated volume knob. Now, Java's into music. He's a DJ and things like that. Uh, question, would you pay $8,000 for a music player? The headphones are $1,700, and the uh, player is $7,882. Now, see, the question, the, knob. <laughs> the question is, before I say I would not, 
I have to look at it and, and um, oh, you know. My. Okay, <laughs> let me give you this. It's Can like, it go to 11? <laughs> now, that's look, a good question. Can it go to 11? <laughs> that's neat. It's a digital music player that supports high-res for all high-res music formats. It includes, um, what do you guys say that? Audio fill. Yeah, grade, uh, gold-plated volume dial, um, you know, USB-C. The battery's good for up to 10 hours on the low res and up to nine on the high res. I mean. Okay, but here's here's the thing. <coughs> Excuse me. I see this all the time, too, on, you know, RCA cables that are gold-plated and HDMI cables that are gold-plated. And you want to know what? It doesn't really do anything <laughs> for you. It's a connection. Now, if you can hear it to that now, you know, now getting into the professional world of things, you know, things Java. that Java May would do. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of a difference, but I mean, I'm 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 huge into music myself, and uh, you know, I, I I dabble in the DJ world a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, uh, and I don't I don't know, you know, the, the real guys that are up there doing those th- things. I don't know if that really makes a big difference, but we said it first here. Uh, sometimes tell you we what, think I'll people get... do that just to say they have a eight thousand dollar. Well, exactly why I. I've got the what? What was it a while back? We had like the ten thousand dollar iPhone app that only showed like a picture, and it's like, but it was the big deal was to actually have the app. If you have that kind of money, tell you what, um, during the break, I'm gonna go ahead and go on the website and post my address, exactly. and I'll post Jeremy's address as well because if you want to give out some money, Michelle will put your address on there yeah, too, yeah. and y'all feel free to send it on over here to us <laughs> because uh, if you've got that kind of money just to throw around, I want to be your friend. Yeah. And uh, and I tell you what, I got an old car stereo, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to have some gold-plated buttons on it, and I'm going to sell it for the bargain basement price of $4,000, and it's going to be yours. Don't mind that it says AudioVox on it. It's going to be all right. (laughs) Jeremy, what do you think about this $8,000 music player? Okay, so uh, while you guys are making jokes, I mean, I I can't imagine the sound that comes out of it is not absolutely incredible. It kind of has to be for that price. But I was looking for it. I was like, how big could this thing be? It is about the size of a, a fat phone, it, it looks like. And so that volume knob is about the size of maybe a half dollar. So I would say the gold value you get in there is not, not very high, especially because it's gold-plated. Now, if it was solid gold, uh, it would not be a very useful knob, probably. Yeah, it'd be kind of soft. Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, that's just new in tech. So they, you know, they're constantly bringing out the newest, greatest, latest things. And there's going to be somebody out there that purchases it. I tell you what, I'm going to have a gold plate of pencil. I'm going to let go for about $2,500. It's going to okay, be a number two good. pencil. There's, there's, a digital, there's a digital analog screen on this. It, 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 it's digital, but it shows analog knobs or, or analog uh, dials. With the signal output on this. That's kind of neat. I got an app for that. (laughs) Right? See? See? (laughs) Well, we're going to take our first break. But uh, first, do you know what year ATM machines were introduced to the world? Well, we'll tell you when we return. Plus, we're taking your personal tech questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people, only on MPB Think Radio.
and stick around for the rest of the show, you can always catch up by logging on our website at mpbonline.org or use the MPB Public Media app on your mobile device. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo with our tech experts, Wilts Contreras and Jeremy Thompson. And today we're discussing banking technology. Now, if you'd like to join our conversation or ask any general tech question, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, before the break, I asked, do you know what year ATM machines were introduced to the world? Well, Jeremy and Wilts, you cannot guess because you're looking at the answer. Well, I have the answer right over here, yes. It's uh, a gold-plated answer at that. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the answer is 1967. Woo. That wasn't too long ago. I mean, well, you know, it really wasn't if you no. think about it, but then it really, you know... In the world of tech, a year is almost like 10, oh. and it's it's really amazing. But, yeah, you know, I wonder how many people out there, I wonder if we have any listeners out there that might have actually used some of those early ATM machines. I'm kind of curious because, um, well, that was a little bit before my time. Not much, <laughs> only a couple of years. But I'm I'm really curious on how the uh, experience was with those machines versus, versus the machine now. today. And, yeah. uh, again, we're talking about banking technology, but you give us a call and let us know how banking technology has transformed your life. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about everything from mobile banking to um, uh, cash apps and, I mean, everything, automatic teller machines. <laughs> People don't say that anymore, but yeah. automatic, well, the stapler machine, like Java says. No one says stapler machine. It's not a. Do you say stapler machine or no, you say just stapler. stapler? Okay, he says stapler machine. I just put it out there. It's the funniest thing ever in life. Java says stapler machine. Yes, Java. Well, he he's 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 that gold class <laughs> stapler there. He's technically correct though. Uh, I knew he was going to come in with the with the. Yeah. Okay, Jeremy just gave you a prop. Yeah, but see, I don't even want a gold plated stapler. I want the red stapler, red swing hey, line, hey. baby. Hey, since we're picking on people about uh, about semantics here, Uh-oh. it's it's not ATM machine because you just said automatic teller machine machine. I mean, y'all know that, right? Okay. Well, it's like whenever All you right? see in some of the windows it says built on NT technology, you're talking about new technology technology. That's right. You're, yeah. you're absolutely You know, right. I can't stand these uh, computer tech guys. Yeah, I'm these nerdisms sure. we come up with. I just can't. I can't. Well, let's start with uh, technology and banking. And the first one we can say was the... ATM machine. Or the ATM. (laughs) 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 Booyah. No, I mean, really, you know, it's one of those things today we take for granted, but, um, you know, I mean, I can just remember that was really, really a big deal because otherwise you were having to wait for the bank to open or close to get back to your money. And, And it's amazing how technology has become a part of our life that we just take for granted. Um, and I'm sure I'm not alone in remembering back in the day whenever you had the, the burnt-in screens on them and it was really hard to actually view everything on it and, and all that. But I don't really, remember that. I'm too young. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's a, she, she ain't but 21 or 22, y'all, seriously. 
But um, you can never tell which button went where. Like you hit that button, you go, "Oh, that was the that was the that was the withdrawal. That's not what I meant to do. I was trying to check my balance." Darn. Yeah, it was like those ghost buttons. But but really, it's it's made that difference. And and you know, it seems that um, although at times we're moving farther and farther away from actually having actual folding and jingling money in our pockets. Um, you know, I'm always reminded that if we go back just here in Mississippi, just, you know, well, not all that long ago, what, 2005, when, uh, not having that jingly and folding money in our pocket could have been a problem in August of 2005 when Katrina came through because ATMs didn't quite work too well, but, but we've gotten so used to that convenience and, well, as anybody who's ever traveled down to New Orleans knows, if you're going to Cafe Dumont, you better actually bring cash because they're not going to take your card. But they do conveniently have an ATM that charges a really nice fee right across the street. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, really, they've, they've really taken over and made things a lot easier for us. Yeah. So we've seen the ATM machines, um, ATMs, uh, get better. They advance. We have. The screens have gotten better. The accuracy is better. They now, can I mean, check. They can take, yeah, yep. they can take deposits. Uh, one thing I think just, you know, in, in keeping with the theme of our show, we'd be mistaken not to put out there. There are some scams that come along with them, too, though. You do need yep. to watch out. People will put these little things called skimmers on them. And so I have a habit whenever I go up to an ATM machine, whenever I pull up the little slot wherever you slide your card into, I have a habit of I'll grab it and pull on it a little bit just to make sure it's not going to move. This is the same with, like, gas station card swipers, too. What they will do is, because technology has also gotten so small, they can put very miniature cameras right there that can actually pull your card swipe and have a little small enough camera that can actually see you punching in your PIN number and they can steal your information. It's not <clears throat> as common in our area. You see this a lot more in vacation spots, uh, places with a lot of you know transient activity like that. Um, but it does happen. I mean, if you were to put a Google in about credit card scam, uh, skimmers, not scammers, skimmers, uh, you'll actually see that. So with technology also comes that opportunity for a thief as well. And it used to be skimming used to be a, like it, it, it was even bigger than it was. And then gas stations actually started getting more proactive. And you see that they put more uh, efficient locks on their on their pumps and stuff as well as void stickers that say, if you see that this says void, let somebody know because it means that the machine has been tampered with. Uh, they're also installing security systems on the gas pumps now to let them know that someone is attempting to install a skimmer. So there's been a little adaptation on both sides. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of a story. I show this to my class uh, pretty much every year, and this year we're doing the, this this semester. We actually had the security class going on. Um, but I had this this news report, and I want to say it was from one of the Carolinas. I always forget which one. And what had happened is someone went into a gas station, one of the gas station ATMs, and they modified it from the outside. This is just using the keypads on there. So the machine would think that it was spitting out a $5 bill, and it would actually spit out a $20 bill. So then they would keep on going over. It took nine days before someone actually reported it. And they do have, you know, they, they caught the picture of who the guy was, but of course, there's so many fingerprints that changed and everything else. And he was using prepaid visa cards and withdrawing them at the ATM. So every time he put in a $250 visa card, he's getting a thousand bucks back. Oh my. Um, wow. And a lot of that was because of, they kept the, the passwords on those machines were at the default. That's why we always tell everyone never, never leave your password, whatever it came with, always change it to something yeah, just, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. they're really bad about at that time doing that with ATMs and, and also Coke machines was the other one. Mm. But, uh, 
Yeah, so I mean, there there are some dangers around ATM, but again, it's a really good convenience. Uh, just keep yourself safe around them. Right. Now let's talk about online banking. Online <clears throat> banking has revolutionized oh, the yeah. banking uh, system for. I mean, just busy people, moms, dads, we're all busy. We go to work, we go to school, and online banking just has helped everyone have an easier life. Basically. Oh, man, I love it. You know, I mean, I got, you know, between with the kids now getting a little bit older, they're having to use it. We're able to utilize that. Um, my wife is is consistent on checking it, and, you know, it gives you that instant information so that you can look out for things that may be going wrong or maybe that you didn't know or things that the husband such as myself might have forgot to tell her that I charged the day before. Um, you know, really good. I, I've noticed, too, a lot of these banks are taking online banking even a, a little bit of a step further, and you can actually get notifications when your card has been used. Oh, yeah. We're going to yeah. talk about that as well, um, how the text alerts, um, yeah. what banking has revolutionized, and there you really use the technology to help make oh, people's lives much better they really and are. safer. And, and they realize banks are a heavy target mm-hmm. for those who want to do the wrong things um, technology-wise. So they're, they're really showing and being proactive. And I think a lot of other companies are following along with them. So, yeah, mobile bank, mobile check deposits. Yeah. Well, to, mo- with the mobile banking, which actually online banking, they <clears> call it Internet banking, e-banking, virtual banking. And they talk, call it other terms yeah. with mobile banking with the e-checks. Uh, Java and I were talking about this, and Jeremy, I don't know if you use it, but I think you said that you can deposit your checks, but now you can take a picture of your check, and it can go straight into your uh, checking or savings account. Do that it all the time. is revolutionary. I mean, no longer, like you said, do you have to catch the bank before 4.30 or 4 o'clock some yep. days. Uh, stand, uh, get in those long lines and wait. You can just take a picture. That is how we should be using technology. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, it really is. It's convenient. How many times, you know, again, having to try to get on out there. And it's, a lot of it is about saving steps mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, making it a little bit more convenient. I mean, we're we're a big believer in the... And the using the electronic, you know, electronic checks like that. Now, your important thing to do also, let's go ahead and throw another piece of technology in there. Once you've deposited that check electronically, once you verify that it is cleared and is actually in your account, you want to make sure you have a good paper shredder, a good cross-cut paper shredder, and put the, then put that check through there. You don't want to leave that check sitting out for, okay, I mean, you know, a, it could be stolen. B, it could be lost. C, you could accidentally try to deposit it again, uh, just other, you know, causing problems. So make sure that you're shredding those papers whenever Java you do that. Java says he has done that. So what, what have you done, Java? You've done it before? Yeah, I've, we've actually done that at the house. We took a picture of the check because, you know, it's so convenient. Just oh, take yeah. a picture of the check. And then, you know, we're going through some papers and we saw a check. And we were like, wait a minute, where did this check come from? And it was like, okay, well, let's deposit it. And then we deposited at the bank. And I think a couple of days later, we saw something uh, on our, um, like on our, a banking statement was like double or duplicate or something like that. You know, it wasn't a big thing, but it was just kind of embarrassing a little bit. <laughs> right, right. Well, like or, I said, I mean, or if you think the money's in there and you use the money because you thought it was in there, but it's really not in there, you yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, cuts down on, cuts down on, on thieves' opportunities mm-hmm. and cuts down on mistakes. And it's, and, in this day and age, it's so inexpensive to get mm-hmm. what's called a cross cut shredder. Mm-hmm. And y'all, just what I mean by cross cut shredder is it doesn't just cut it. Vertically, it also cuts those horizontally, making it even even better confetti, basically. Instead of strips, it makes confetti. Well, Jeremy, how has um, te- technology and banking helped your life, you and your wife? 
well, like I mentioned before, with the ATM actually accepting checks, uh, I don't have to be at the bank to deposit my stuff or, or uh, take a big bag of checks up there and drop it in the, the thing, uh, the big rolling thing, the overnight deposit thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> like I used to do for other companies that I work with. I can just take the checks directly to the ATM and deposit them and then get a receipt uh, with a picture of the check if I want to. Of course, it cuts off all the pertinent information um, as a record of that uh, deposit. And it makes it just really easy for me to just kind of do it whenever is convenient. Especially um, with you with having your own business. Technology right. probably in banking has really helped you revolutionize and, and cut out some time uh, with you and your uh, clients as well. Yes, and I will say that uh, as far as business use goes, I haven't seen a lot of the uh, mobile checking as far as, like, taking a picture of it. I don't have the capability to do that yet, and I think it's just because, you know, business deals in much higher volume, um, so they want to make sure uh, that it's being uh, properly documented, I would say. Now, it may be something that other banks offer, or maybe it's something that I just – I don't know that my bank offers or that I have to pay extra for, but I've always been pretty happy with just going to the ATM and dropping them in there. Mm. Yeah, you know, and and something, as you're saying that, it kind of reminds me too. I mean, banking technology has really revolutionized for the small business owner. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it used to be a really big deal to have a point of sale, uh, be able to take cards, debit cards, credit cards, what have you. Um, You know, let's just be 100% honest. You get a check in, you're like, oh, you know, is this check going to bounce over Arizona sometime soon? Um, It it just really seems like technology has leveled that playing field to where, you know, you're able to bring your business where it needs to go. So if you're, you know, I I would presume if you're working out at a a client's office, they're able to pay you, you know, remotely. I know I've worked with you on a few things and I'm able to actually kind of pay remotely and invoicing and it, it gives him those so like it gives you those same advantages that another large company would have. All right. Yes, uh, it definitely uh, adds that level of professionality to it, plus the convenience and the portability. Um, it it allows customers to uh, can safely conduct business as well. You know, a lot of people don't want to write checks. They don't want you to have something with their account number on it and so forth. So swiping the card right there, it doesn't store any of the information. It sends it off and then... Yeah, in a couple of days, it's in my account, and it sends them a uh, receipt and everything. It, it's it's very convenient. That's neat. Well, it's time for another quick break, but when we get back, we'll continue talking about banking technology. Now, if you'd like to join our conversation or ask any general tech question, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. MPBonline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at MPBonline.org. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. 
when you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with our tech experts, Wills Couture and Jeremy Thompson. Now, if you're just joining us today, we're discussing banking technology. Now, if you have a banking tech question or any general tech question, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 or online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, we're going to get to uh, Kevin and Biloxi in just a second, but first, it's time for a moment in tech history. Okay. About a little guy that lives <laughs> in a blue world and all day and all night and everything. Speaking of blue, yeah, something something blue is coming, isn't it? Something blue is coming. Well, on August 15, 1998, the original iMac goes on sale. Guys, take it away. The Bondi Blue. Anybody else remember the uh, the blue cube? Basically, it kind of was the first one to break away from that traditional beige computer and really kind of kind of rocked things out there. The first commercially successful computer to eliminate the use of the legacy ports, like the old LPT ports, uh, didn't even have floppy drive. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to imagine now. Computers nowadays don't even have CD-ROMs, but this one didn't even have floppy drives, and, and this was all the way back in 98. It was criticized, but... For not having that, but it really kind of brought forth those USB ports that we're all so familiar with today. Jeremy, you said you were, what were you saying? It had speakers built into it as well. This was this was the uh, yeah this was the real game changing Mac. I mean, this is when they started establishing that identity, that uniqueness, like through through the style of a Mac. It was it was it was quite cool. I had a friend who had one of these. And I didn't use it until uh, several years after it had come out, but it was it was just neat being in front of it because it's just a piece of history. Mm. I mean, I worked on a couple of them. They were actually not that hard to uh, work on, but it was, again, just think, you know, we, so many things we take for granted nowadays, they actually were kind of trendsetters on that. And, and we've seen that a lot with, with Mac, with Apple, is kind of trendsetting. This, you know, like I said, they started really popularizing and pushing the idea of the USB, which, you know, everything runs on. Yes, the most common peripheral um, connection nowadays. And uh, by the way, before we get into the next part, I just wanted to point out we got a uh, an email from William Osborne uh, here in Jackson, and he was mentioning the first ATMs that he used were Bank of America's Versatellers in the mid-70s. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah, they were, they were definitely out there. Dang. All right, we're going to um, go to our first caller today from Biloxi and speak with Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. I was uh, commenting on uh, you were y'all were talking about the the cross cut uh, shredders. Yes, sir. For for you know for your checks rather than rather than keeping them in envelopes or whatever. Now, when I because I do I do a lot of electronic banking as well, and I take my checks and take a picture and send it to the bank and 
the next day it's in my account, not a problem. Mm -hmm. What I do is after I do that, I take a Sharpie and I write on the top of the check electronically submitted and then the date. Oh, okay. and then I and then I write void on the bottom. That's good. Okay, yeah, so good that, point. That'll just you know that just reminds me if I ever have to go back, that check has already been submitted. So, okay, that's pretty good advice. That was, that was my only comment. That was All great. Right. Tip. Thank you. Yeah. Good old Sharpie. <laughs> nothing like it. Well, you know, hey, yep, we, we like say it a lot. I know. <laughs> I mean, low tech Thank you, still Kevin. matters, y'all. I mean, uh-huh. low tech still matters. It does. Yeah. You have to use some type of low tech with high tech. It goes yeah, together, yeah, merges I mean, it's, it together. It's, it's symbiotic. Speaking of um, tech and banking, that's what we're talking about today, guys. If you have any banking technology comments or questions, if you use uh, technology when you're banking, if you have a revolutionary way that technology and banking has made your life easier, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 Or you can ask any general tech questions. Our tech experts are standing by. Now, you know what I do love? Um, the electronic fund transfer. Oh, gosh. EFT. Yeah. That, I love that. Um, you now, down with EFT? Yeah, you, you know, know me. me. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay, I couldn't resist. Come on, I'm that's having a hilarious. cheesy day. Now, what will we mean? Let tell them about EFT and what it actually means. Well, you know, EFT is is, um, again, it's electronic funds transfers, transferring of money from one account to another within the same institution, or you can even do it across multiple institutions. We do a lot of this with with our kids. One of the things that we set up a little while back, uh, especially when they were getting a little bit older, getting driver's licenses, kind of getting out and about is, you know, of course, we got them their own checking accounts and we wanted them to be able to manage that. Well, you know, but mom and dad can kind of manage it, too. And by using that EFT function, we're actually able to transfer if we need to put some funds over there in them, for example, um, and things like that. You know, and, and again, it's one of those things we almost take for granted nowadays, but it was really a if you think about it behind the scenes, it's really a big undertaking because you're you're transferring, you know, money. I mean, I like that is that. real money. Now, what about electronic payment services? Now, eChecks. This is new. eChecks is a new technology that's being developed in the U.S. for for the introduction of eChecks. Now, this will eventually replace conventional paper checks. I think it's great, I mean, especially for. I mean, thieves and, like we say, people that are always looking for, you know, something to do wrong. Yeah, or, or <laughs> I mean, even just simply the uh, the old rubber check. I mean, you still see plenty of you still see plenty of reports out there, people modifying checks. And, you know, believe it or not, the way you write your check can really matter. I was just recently in a uh, business law for accounting class, and, and it was kind of interesting. I mean, just this one little paragraph in there that was talking about the proper way to fill out a check. Do you actually fill out all the way across the entire line so somebody can't add to it? Mm-hmm. Um, something that will seem really kind of silly, but what kind of pen do you use? Mm. Because if it's a kind of a pen that can be what they call washed, you can end up getting around that, and maybe somebody can modify your check. So as we're going digital, it does give that opportunity for you to actually protect it a little bit more. All right. Well, let's go to Alan, our great friend, Alan in Brandon. Good morning, Alan. Hey, Michelle, Wilt, and Jeremy. How y'all doing? Man, wonderful, Alan. You doing all right, my friend? I'm doing great. So I, I got to say, electronic banking is a godsend to me because <laughs> y- y- y'all probably remember I'm, I'm visually impaired. I, I can't do stuff that's in print anymore, and it is so nice to be able to uh, use something like Quicken and stuff on my computer and then I'll tell y'all, I'm a big fan of 
charging everything on a credit card. I know some people don't like doing that, but if, you, if you're disciplined enough, not only can you get all your transactions electronically and download them from the bank right into your financial software, you also earn reward points while you're doing it. So it's, it's a win-win. So, uh, yeah, and I, I, I find with myself it also helps me. If I have cash, if I have too much cash in my pocket, it's very easy for me to nickel and dime that away. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, maybe yeah. I'm a little bit opposite. You know, some people say, oh, well, you know, the plastic, you can just sit there and slide. You know, it, it's different approaches for different folks. But I know uh, my wife and I will do a pretty good bit of that, too. It's like, okay, put that over there. You know, like say, for example, like all of our gas. All of our gas goes onto a card, and it's paid off at the end of every month. But it really kind of helps us budgeting-wise to see really what we're spending instead of, oh, 20 bucks here, 5 bucks here, you know. Right, right. Wilson, I bet if you're like me when you get home, you're thinking – now, what did I spend that cash on? And if, and if you're trying yep. to, I mean, I was I was an accountant back in the day, so you know I like to account for for everything I spend. And the credit card, anything on there, you you get it when you download the, you know, the transactions for the month. And that the I've got something called a city double cash card. I don't know if it's still available. These things go in and out uh, every other day. It seems like, but I earn like two percent on everything that I charge. So. Uh, yeah, it adds up over time, so it, 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 it's a great way to go. So, oh, it uh, definitely so, yeah. will. And what's really yeah, cool too is with a lot of your online banking now, they actually ha- are you know speaking from like the accountant side of things. I mean, there a lot of them are giving you access to things such as Quicken or some other things like that, to where you can actually get a visual visual representation like pie charts and pretty pictures, but to really see where your money is going. Say this is over here in gas. This is in food. This is in. Uh, to really help you actually start visualizing your money and understanding exactly like what you're talking about. Oh, exactly, and, and I, I get a free FICO credit score too if I want to, you know, want to know that. It just shows you that too. So it's it's, it's great. It, it's just it, it works really well. So uh, just uh, that, 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 that's my recommendation for the day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Alan. So, Thank you, Alan. I, I agree. I, I think uh, the use of a credit card online is the smartest way to go because in the event of some sort of fraud or uh, fraud protection. Uh, that when you use a debit card online, it can be more difficult. You got to go to the bank. There's a lot of paperwork you got to fill out. You may not have your money back immediately. Um, but when you have a credit card and there's fraud, there's like zero percent liability. So it, exactly, it, it, yeah. it doesn't tie up your personal funds. I've seen a lot of people something happened with a debit card that they got stolen or whatever, and they don't have any money because they used it at a gas pump and somebody skimmed their number. But if they had a credit card. It would have been, there would have been no problem. They would have been completely covered, but it just took them longer to get their money back. Exactly. Way more I'm, I'm with you. Yep. yep. So you know what I like? I like this show because we're showing how technology and banking has actually put the responsibility in your hands. No longer do you leave it up to the bank teller or your financial planner in the bank or the, rep- the representative. You would have to stand in line, sign in, and wait and talk to her or him about your account and your finances. Now you can all do it from your home. You can do it from your personal computer, and that's the again. That's how why technology is very important. Well, and you bring up a really important point too though it does put the put the the information in your hand but what it also does is it shifts a little bit of responsibility too we can't we can't overlook that that you know uh you do have these tools to be able to check your banking and your cards and all these other kind of things um and and as a result you have to use them i mentioned a little bit earlier in the show you know my wife will check it at least daily just to look because um you know jeremy's absolutely right there are some fraud protections that are inherent into credit cards, your visas, MasterCards, Discovers, et cetera. 
But at the same time, there are responsibilities that come back to the card holder. In other words, if, you know, you can't sit there and wait a few months and say, oh, it looks like somebody did this thing incorrectly on there. You do need to be checking it in a timely manner. You do need to act um, within a reasonable amount of time. And you do have the responsibility per the financial institutions to do whatever you can to mitigate their loss. So, you know, these tools are great. Use them. But, you know, just make sure you, you've got the opportunity to see everything at a finger at, at fingertips. Do a quick glance. My wife will do like a, a one minute glance every morning just to make sure the charges that she sees are what she was expecting. Right. Well, we're going to take off our final break for the day. But when we return, we'll see what's new on the horizon Woo-hoo. in banking technology. Now, we still have open phone lines, so there's time to get your question or comment in. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 We'll be right back after this quick break. You're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Woods Couture and Jeremy Thompson, our technology experts. Well, we have open phone lines, so there's still time for you to get your comments or questions answered. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, this morning we've been discussing technology in banking. Now, we've discussed ATM machines, mobile banking, e-checks, and actually taking a picture of your check and depositing. Now, e-checks is different than taking the picture and depositing right, your check right. in the bank. That's actually different. E-checks is new, and it will be it will actually take the place of a paper check. So right. it's not in every bank yet, but they're going to they're uh, rolling it out. Now, we talked about uh how using your credit card helps you uh budget better during the month. I like the e-statements as well. I like that you don't have to and it cuts down on a lot of cutting down trees and uh and just the recycling paper. Yeah. paper. But the e-statements you go online, you can look at your monthly statement, you can print them out if you need it. But you mm-hmm. can look at it, and you don't need all this paper. No longer do you go to your mailbox and have to get your bank statements from the mail. And then you don't even – personally, I, I don't want that in the mail. I like – Well, it cuts know. down on some of the uh, identity theft. Exactly. But here's the other really cool thing, too, and some people may not know this, and that is when it comes to e-statements as well as maybe uh, e-paying some of your bills with some of your different uh, vendors out there, they will actually give you a 5 to 15% discount – on your billing if you'll do it electronically because, A, it saves them processing, mm-hmm. it saves them paper cost, mm-hmm. and, you know, let's just think on a very large, you know, a couple pieces of paper to us may not be all that expensive, but when you're talking about thousands coming out of a company. So 
actually utilizing some of this technology can actually save you a little bit on your monthly bill. I mean, I know, like, for example, uh, I think I'm saying this right, with AT&T, we get a little bit of a discount just for the fact of we actually do electronic billing and electronic statements. Right. So, and I think Comcast does it as well. If yeah. you do uh, paperless bill, billing, they give you a type of discount. Yeah. But I like that, like you said, the electronic bill um, payment. You can do your telephone insurance companies, electricity companies. You can play, yeah. pay a lot of bills through your banking. And that's something that banks did not have before technology emerged in the banking scene. You weren't paying your bills uh, through your bank and, and you would have to go to each entity. I like right. that. And, and, it keeps well, it all centered. And a lot of that comes through, you know, when you're putting a check or anything into the mail, you do have a loss and theft issue. You've got to have a lot of processing on the other end. And so what we're seeing is really the security and Implications of that has really, in my opinion, driven this because this is so much more secure. It's, you know, there's no more, hey, the check's in the mail. Uh, Well, you know, it could have gotten lost, but it's it's really kind of done that and made it easier for the companies to actually make sure they're getting paid. And you know, also easier on you. You know where you know where and when it's going. You're not waiting for a check to clear. Well, let's talk about mobile security, uh, Jeremy. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, it's great having the uh, mobile technology and banking, having the e-checks and things like that. But let's talk about the mobile security and what our listeners should look out for. Well, uh, you definitely want to be sure that you're not on uh, public Wi-Fi and you're on password-protected Wi-Fi, as well as keeping your device password-protected if you have sensitive information on it. Um, You also want to be careful of any emails that you get or texts that you get that are claiming to be from your bank and be wary of any links that they want you to click on in those emails. Um, It is possible to download an app that masquerades as your own bank's app. So be careful when you're downloading apps and make sure that you're uh, looking at uh, not only the reviews, but also the permissions that the app is requesting and you're, you always need to call your bank when they have contacted you with some sort of claim. I would just hang up the phone and call the bank directly back and make sure that it was actually your bank calling you because it's so easy to pick up your phone and have someone convince you that they're from the bank or the IRS or whatever, and 99% of the time it's a complete scam and they're just trying to steal you from you and mm-hmm. and you just need to be cautious and keep your devices up to date you're right and let's go to sally right now uh our last call for the show uh sally good morning sally uh, yeah the difference would you explain the difference between e-check and uh bill pay well yeah. bill oh go ahead jeremy I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it, it, bill pay is something that you do through your bank specifically um, where those companies have connected some sort of application directly or they send uh, those companies uh, checks. With an e-check, uh, there's not going to be an actual physical check involved at all, um, and it can also be done through sites like uh, PayPal. Uh, but what it does is it just reduces that uh, the uh, – the ability to write a bad check. It, it basically verifies it immediately, and then it uh, begins to process and transfer that money to the account. Um, when you're doing uh, online banking, uh, it's just you sending it directly 
to a vendor, whereas this could be one company to another or another person to another person. There's various ways that an e-check can work. All right. Sally, did that answer your question? Okay, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, e-checks are definitely, you know, uh, again, it's just, you know, take, takes the paper out of it, takes the multiple days of clearing out of it. You put in the same kind of information like you normally would with a check. You have a routing number, an account number, uh, your amount. Um, it's the whole process of the check, but it can actually go to other individuals, whereas bill pay, again, is going to be specifically to those companies. Well, any last words about banking technology, how it's tra- tra- transformed the way we bank? <laughs> well, it's really making it a lot simpler. Uh, going just just hit back in real quick on what Jeremy said. Make sure whenever you're going to anything asking for your money, uh, be sure of where you're going. I would advise folks not to utilize links, but actually type in your bank name, type in eBay, type in Amazon, and make sure where you're at is really where you want to be. Jeremy? Always, always be careful. Pay attention. And if someone, again, if someone contacts you, ask lots of questions. And if you have any question whatsoever to the legitimacy of it, contact the company directly. They will tell you whether or not you owe them anything. All right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today and thank our board operator, Java Chapman, and our phone screener, Kevin Farrell. If you missed any part of the show and want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org or subscribe to our podcast. For Wilts Katria and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy and join us next week for another episode of Everyday Tech at 10 a.m., the tech show for everyday people, only on MPB Think Radio.